Hi, I'm Steve Hayes, and I'm a pastor, and I'm a sinner, and I love stories. I love to hear people's stories. I love to hear how God has worked in their lives to help change them and make them who they are. And I think we all need to hear those kinds of stories. So I hope you'll enjoy it and listen along with This Is My Story. I am Denise Emerson, and this is my story. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we are here today with Denise Bartlett Emerson. Yes. She recently got married, and um, we're excited for her. And Denise is one of those people... Sometimes as a pastor, you have uh, church members who every time you see them, they're just an encouragement to you. They just lift you up. And that's who Denise is for me. Every time I see her, I'm just encouraged because we've been we've seen so much of your story play out over the last seven years that you've been at Grace. And it's just been really cool. So thank you for joining us and thanks for sharing your story with everybody. Well, you're very welcome, and I'm very thankful to be asked. Well, it's going to be good. So you are not from here. No. You're from Michigan. Yes, I was born and raised there. I've only been in Texas for nine years. So you were born there, you are raised there, it's all you knew, and what in the world brought you to Texas? Um, My husband did. John and I knew each other back in Michigan. I was 14. He was 17. We grew up together as friends. After graduation, we both went our separate ways. And 30-some years later, my daughter decides to get me on Facebook. And I seen he made a comment through a mutual friend. And I was like, oh, my gosh, is this the same Emerson (laughs) that I hung out with? So when I went to his page, he had looked a little older, a little grayer, but yes, it was the same person. So I messaged him, and we started talking, and... The rest is history. Yes. That's awesome. See, I didn't even know that story. That is awesome. So the first time that I met you, you've been at at our church for seven years, and the first time that I met you... Um, you'd been coming to church for, for a little while, and then I found out that you were having major heart problems and that you had to have a heart transplant. Yes. What was it like to find out that news? At first, I didn't really believe it. I thought the doctor was a little cuckoo because we had went to Colorado Mm -hmm. and I never had any symptoms from congestive heart failure for years and when I was in the emergency room and this doctor was really really upset and terrified for me that my heart was only at 15 percent and was talking to me about a heart transplant I was like oh you know whatever So when I did get back to Texas and I checked in with the doctor and they set me up for testing at Baylor, that's when the realization hit me that, wow, you're really going to have to have a heart transplant. Mm. Wow. And so were you just shocked and 
and disheartened or because you're a pretty positive person i wasn't disheartened i was kind of like oh boy here we go Mm -hmm. but the more i started to pray and the more i got into the word Mm -hmm. god would talk to me Mm. and he would say denise i got you and i think i remember asking you one time like steve does god say i got you (laughs) and he just kept telling me that whenever i would pray and the sicker and sicker i got the more he talked to me so i knew now did 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 when you say that god would talk to you did you hear audible words or did you just feel in your spirit this kind of voice i felt it in my spirit but i heard his words Mm. just like i'm talking to you right now yes wow yes and i knew 200 percent that it was going to be okay Mm. and had you had a relationship with god up to this point i wasn't raised in a church going home but i found god on my own and from the minute steve that you baptized me when i came up out of that water that spirit was so strong Mm. in me and i was on fire and i just knew with my faith in him being there and talking to me and telling me it was going to be okay that it really was going to be okay that's amazing because i i also remember um, you were on the transplant plant list, and we were we were all praying that that a heart would become available for you, and you got the call, and we you went you called me, let me know. We all went up to Dallas. You were there. You you and John were already there for a while, and and things started going badly. You, your color turned, you you almost looked like you were gray. And you started to sweat and you started to really struggle with breathing. And I really thought you were going to die. I remember Phil Smith and I were there with you. And I really thought you were going to die. And we just started praying. And then this crash team came in, all these nurses and doctors. And I mean, they were scrambling like bees around you. And we had to go outside, and I really thought, oh, no, we're, she's going to die. I, I mean, I was scared to death that night. So you, you had this experience with God and Jesus, but, but you had to be terrified. At that moment, Steve, I remember you guys held my hands and you were praying. But at the same time, I knew there was something wrong. Now... I didn't exactly know how serious it was because once I told John to, you know, go call the nurse and they came in, I don't remember anything mm-hmm. after that except waking up in ICU. Mm. I, I just was, I thought we had maybe seen your last moments. And I just remember being so concerned. And Phil and I went and talked to John for a while, prayed with him. Um, I'm so glad we got to be there in that moment with you. But, man, it was really scary. So you go from that moment 
to, to thinking and having the excitement of, I'm going to have my new heart. I'm going to be able to, to, to live and I'm going to get my life back to a degree to having the disappointment of knowing that it didn't work out. They called everything off that night. You weren't able to get the heart. And then what happened? Well, actually, it was a good thing that that happened that night because God put me where I needed to be at that hospital. Not to be funny, if I probably would have ended up over here at Navarro, it might have ended up in a totally different situation. Mm -hmm. But he put me there to be taken care of their skilled doctors and nurses. And even though that didn't follow through that night, that heart, come to find out, was not a good heart. Mm. So it probably wouldn't have happened anyway. The surgeons would have looked at that heart and said, we can't use it. So he put me there at that time with those people. Because you probably would have had that event at home. Yes, and exactly. And then you might not have made it. Exactly. So it was a bad heart. They called it off because you were in such bad shape. They got you kind of back to health. And then what, a week later? Yeah, a week later I was put back on the list. And two days later I got that next call. So you get the next call. I remember you calling us again. Hey, they've got a heart for me. I'm going to Dallas. You go up there and everything works out. You, they, they give you a heart transplant. And you wake up and what did they tell you? The next day when I woke up, I didn't know I was supposed to be actually on the ventilators two to three days, depending on my body. And the next morning when John came and peeked around the corner and I was smiling at him and I said, good morning, babe. And he was crying. I'm like, why are you crying? And he said, because you're off the ventilator. You weren't supposed to be off for a few days. He goes, and look at your cheeks. They're all rosy. And um, that day, they had me up in the chair. Physical therapy did. Which you can't go very far because you had all those tubes and stuff connected to you. But... Um, the doctor actually told me that I was doing very well, that I was like one of the poster childs for transplant people. Wow. So, and it, it comes to, you come to find out that you got a very strong heart. Yes. And you, and you, you know that in order for you to get a strong heart, that somebody had to lose their heart. Somebody had to had to pass away. And so explain a little bit, did that ever sink in? Did you ever wrestle with that thought? I I did. Before transplant, John and I talked, and I did not ever want to know who the donor was. And John, he thought I, he was encouraging me to 
know the donor. And I always assumed that it would be 18, 19, 20, which didn't make it any better for me, but at least it was someone that had lived a while. Right. So my donor, when I found out he was a 12-year-old boy, and his mom sent pictures and stuff, it was very hard for me to accept. And I, that's when I had, I talked to you about it, it's like, look, he was 12. Mm. That could have been one of my grandkids. Like I never thought it would be possible for a child to do that. But after talking to you and these words I will never forget Denise he didn't die to save you he died and saved you Mm -hmm. and that is when I came to accept that it, it was mine and he was 12 and that's when I came to accept it so you developed a relationship with the family Yes. Tell us about the first time you met them. Oh, that's very emotional. They are a Hispanic family, and we met down in Austin at the organ donation place. Okay. And they said the family was going to be there, so I assumed mom and dad, a couple kids. We opened up the door. And there was mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, aunts, uncles, and the mom and I, Hortensia and Azus, we just hugged and cried and hugged and cried because to the families, the person that gets the heart is the one that they really want to reach out to. And it was very emotional. Like they all took the stethoscope and listened to my my heart. And I had a video from clinic, which I won't say any names. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. (laughs) And we had a video of the heartbeat Mm -hmm. from when they did my um, echocardiogram. So they got to actually see Justin's heart beating also. Wow. Yeah. What a story. So there are many people um, who are facing sickness, health issues, struggle, many folks. And for most people, those are some of the darkest days of their life where it may be easy for them to, uh, to convince themselves that maybe God doesn't care about them. He doesn't see them. If he cared about them, why would they be going through all of this? Um, It's a time where people really struggle. What would you say to those people in times like that after facing so much with your own health? Our darkest hours is where God wants us to lean on him the most. That's when he shows up and shows out. The sicker I got, the more I just kept praying and praying and praying. You have to rely on him. 
He wants you to, and He will do what He thinks is best for you. What effect has this had on you? What effect has it had on John, who at the time y'all weren't married? You were going through this together, but you weren't married. Neither one of you, as far as I know, had a big church background or anything like that or a big, you know, connection to God. What effect has this had on both of y'all? It's had a huge effect because even before transplant, when I was really sick and I was in that period of talking to God and he told me, I got you. I knew. I felt it in my soul. There were nights where John would want to sit and talk about the what ifs. Mm. And I brushed it aside. I didn't want to hear about the what ifs because God had already told me that I was going to be fine. So we kind of got into a little disagreement one night and I had to bring myself down to where John was. Mm. He was scared. Mm. This is somebody that he loved and truly wanted to be with. And there were risks with it. But at the same time, I had to calm him because I knew God had me. So afterwards, when he was sitting there holding my hand the next day, I told you, God had me, didn't he? Mm. So it's really strengthened both of us and our faith together. That's that's awesome. Denise, you're a bright light around here. And I think one of the coolest things is that, you know, not only have you been given the gift of life in a very unique way that most people don't ever experience, but you have made the most of that. You come up here every week and you help us with whatever we need help with. Most of the time it's with kids ministry stuff. And I think I can't help but think that there's kind of a unique tie-in that you you got the heart of this 12-year-old boy, and now you're plugged into a church and connected and practicing your belief by helping other kids, you know, come to know Jesus and come to see um, life. I just think that's a pretty cool story. Uh, are there... Are there ways in which you feel like, hey, because I've been given this awesome gift, I'm going to give back in this way? Oh, absolutely. For what I went through and what he brought to me, I have to share his love and and work in his way, any way he directs my hands and feet. I have to give back. Mm. I have to let people know. Well, thank you so much for taking some time to talk about everything that you've been through. And uh, thanks for being so open about it. And thanks for just being a a big encouragement to your pastor and to really everybody who knows you. We love you and uh, couldn't be more excited about what God's done in your life. So thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you, girl. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe. And if you'd like to spread the word, please consider leaving a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Our video podcast is available on our Grace Community Church YouTube channel. This Is My Story is produced and engineered by Jake Moore and is a ministry of Grace Community Church in Corsicana, Texas.
The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the speaker and do not necessarily express the views of Grace Community Church. Thanks for listening.